HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Bento Box, a hospitality platform that empowers restaurants to own their presence, profits, and relationships directly through their website. Opening soon listeners save 40% on the setup fee at getbento.com slash opening soon. That is G-E-T-B-E-N-T-O dot com forward slash opening soon. So we're here for opening soon um, on Heritage Radio Network. I just want to say a quick thanks to Bento Box for helping to power our season and well as the ICC for hosting us today and hosting um, Tillit for our supply launch, which is our newest collection of workwear essentials. And it's meant for everyday performance. So we're really excited for everybody to check that out as well. Um, and if you don't know, I, ICC happened to be like a great place for this event specifically because they have a culinary entrepreneurship program, which Lonnie, who's in the audience today, told me she did actually partake in the program. So definitely check that out if you are interested in opening soon and learning more about business and culinary entrepreneurship in general. But yeah. yeah. Um, and if you don't, uh, if you don't already know who, who we are, um, Jenny and I are the founders of Tillet, obviously, while you're here partially while you're here and um, we also have the podcast opening soon the podcast is about um, basically about restaurant entrepreneurship and kind of trying to bring some of the best minds in the industry to share some of their successes and some of their failures as well to serve as a guidebook for people that are out there getting ready to open their own business or um, such as that and a lot of times we get uh, lots of feedback on what's what to include, what to incorporate into future episodes, and wellness is one that um, keeps coming back, life-work balance, um, both for yourself as well as ways to curate that for your team. Um, and we couldn't be um, more excited to have Chef Sean Brock here with us today, who um, certainly knows about the stresses of restaurants and what that can bring on to your body, to your family, to your, your circle, um, as well as uh, new beginnings and finding ways to start over. Um, so we're, we're stoked that you're here. If you don't know Sean, which I'm sure everybody here knows who Sean is, but um, he was the chef of McGrady's in Charleston for 12 years. He also was the founder of Husk Restaurants, which there's a bunch of now in the south. Um, he's since left. He's now in Nashville and working on a new project, which we're going to talk about. I'm super excited to hear about that. Thank you. 
Yeah. So tell us a little bit about how your journey into wellness started. What was the impetus? I um, love the chuckle. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I pretty much completely, well, I didn't have a choice. Um, it wasn't like I woke up one day and said, um, man, I would like to take better care of myself. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what I wasn't doing. Um, I was surviving every day and, and had overcommitted myself um, to, to having way too many responsibilities. Um, and my health just started to, to tank. I, w I woke up one day and um, my vision was double, which is a terrifying thing. Just imagine like, not being able to refocus your vision. So you can't drive a car because there are two highways. Um, so, and, and it's not like double vision like this. It was double vision like this. Um, so that was the first sign that I, I needed to uh, slow down. So I started going to different specialists and doctors trying to figure out uh, what was going on. Long story short, after six eye surgeries and 70 plus visits to um, Vanderbilt University, I was uh, diagnosed with an autoimmune disease called myasthenia gravis, which for the most part is brought on <laughs> by uh, fatigue and, and stress. Um, and your, or my body, my immune system started attacking itself and attacking the little um, uh, chemical, the, the little uh, receptors in the end of the muscle that, that grab the message that's transferred through uh, acetylcholine. So these, these little acetylcholine receptors. And so the, the, the messages weren't, weren't getting through. Uh, and even, even to this very day, like if, if, if I'm uh, tired or angry or anything, my vision will go double instantly. Instantly. Yeah. Wow. Um, so what do you do to bring it back? Like if you are feeling that happening, you're feeling that moment, like what's your, what's your wellness practice to, to like, do you, do you meditate like we just did? Or is there something else, like any other tricks that you've learned? Or Well, it, it all boils down to understanding the nervous system. Yeah. And all of, well, once my nervous system completely shut down, um, I started to study it more and to understand it a little bit more. And the more I studied it, the more I realized what it's actually capable of and what it's wired for. And uh, we all have what they refer to uh, in, in psychology as a, as a window of tolerance within our nervous system. Up, up here is anxiety, down here is depression. And we go up and down kind of all day throughout the day we might peak up here or, or dip down here. But after years and years and years of um, a dysregulated nervous system, your nervous system pretty much says, that's it. I can't do this anymore. Uh, it's like, then, fuck it, I quit. Yes. Yeah, like just, one day walks out and bam, double vision. You're not listening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you aren't listening uh, when, you know, when you grab your attention. And so it's... Yeah, it's just that's that's what led me to this way of living to 
making the decision to leave eight restaurants. Yeah. Um, That's not an easy thing to walk away from. Yeah. It's pretty easy. It's pretty easy. <laughs> <laughs> He's That's like, actually, I beg to differer. I love it. A lot, a lot of time, I think people talk about the sobriety part of it, but there are a whole lot of other things that have gone into changing your life, and I think that are important for for current chefs and younger people to, to know that it's not just quitting drinking. What are some of the other things that, that you feel like you've done that are changing your mental well-being, your physical well-being? Oh, dear. Um, I, how much, how long do we have now? Well, I, I just have a problem with, um, I tend to overdo things. Yeah. And so w- once I started to feel better and feel healthier, and happier then I wanted to, it was just like cooking like I wanted to know why and so I started studying psychology and really trying to understand the nervous system and the brain and how they they communicate and the biggest lesson I've learned is paying attention to that um, and it, because it's going to happen every single day for the most part of the day your nervous system is going to be all over the place and what happens is when your nervous system becomes dysregulated, you go into um, a fight or flight response into the survival part of your brain, the amygdala. And that's all it knows, fight, flight. And when those two things don't work, you go to freeze. Um, And you lose access to a big chunk of your prefrontal cortex where like a lot of the rational decision-making a lot, where all of the rational decision-making occurs. And so you don't, it's insane, you, no matter, if, if your nervous system is dysregulated, it doesn't matter who you are, you don't have access to a big chunk of your, your, your prefrontal cortex. And so it's realizing that and, and feeling when you're starting to freeze up or lock up or feel overwhelmed or just knowing what it feels like to have a dysregulated um, nervous system, and then finding ways to, to self-regulate. And so a good trick um, uh, they, they teach, it's called orienting. And so it's kind of like when you were a kid and you were in the car and you were raising all kinds of hell and your parents couldn't get you to shut up, then they would say, let's play the alphabet game. Because that requires the, the, the front part of the brain to look for A and then look for B. And while you're in that part of your brain, then your nervous system starts starts to regulate. Um, so you can do those same kinds of things. Um, there's the alphabet game. Um, so play the kitchen alphabet game. Like <laughs> yeah. you're you're cooking on the line, and you're like, okay, I'm gonna look for an A and a B. Got it. Oh, you can. It's any of your senses. You can yeah. use sound, colors, um, textures. Like sometimes, um, if I don't want to be looking around the room when I'm in a meeting, um, I'll do that. Um, but there's, there's a lot of really neat tricks like that that I've learned, um, like all the new. I love it. So aside from being a chef and a two-time cookbook author, you now have a minor in neuroscience. <laughs> I wasn't given a choice. <laughs> I love it. So and what advice do you have for people who are, like, struggling this with the busy hours? Like, what do you, you know, you're about to go on book tour and you're traveling, and now chefs aren't just in a kitchen. They're at the face of a business, and... They're doing events and they're doing collabs. Like, how do you how do you manage that? When do you say yes? When do you say no? And how do you how do you keep that wellness regimen when you're doing all these things? I think 
if every day we strive to, to make the best decisions we can, they're not always going to be the best decisions. They're not always going to be the, the, the rational or correct decision. Um, like, you know, you could overbook yourself on a book tour. Yeah. <laughs> hint, hint. That <laughs> um, it's about recognizing that and then saying to yourself the next day, um, I'm going to try and do better than, than the day before and, and learn from that. Because that's really all we have right yeah. now is, is today. And the dangers of, of future tripping or living in the past yeah. are, I mean, that's, a, that's another way uh, of coping that occurs when your nervous system is, is dysregulated. You want to escape from, from the present moment. Right. Most of your career was under one mindset, right? building of it and the way that you're creating dishes and working with people and striving to open restaurants and to now have a very different mindset. How do you think that changes? I think a lot of times people think of like the artist as like needing to be a little bit mentally unstable. And yeah, the mad really genius. Yeah. Right? How do you see that fitting in with the way that you're going to be when the new, the new spot opens up? There's definitely truth to that for sure. Um, but what I'm doing and what I plan on doing forever and ever is every decision that I'm faced with, whether it's um, writing a menu, creating a restaurant, um, making a schedule, hiring people, um, all of those things, um, and we've discussed this as a team, it's really very interesting because the first question we ask is, what's the stress level? That's the you first ask people question. you're hiring, what's the stress no, level? No, or like, within like the team, within the team we're making... Yeah when we're faced with a decision, any decision, whether it's which fork to get for which restaurant. It's like, what's, what's the stress level in the room? No, just with this decision. Oh, okay. the, you know, every decision has a consequence. But what's the stress level of this? Um, and is it worth, so let's say it's a scale of one to 10. If the stress level of that decision is eight, then you have to ask yourself, is that decision worth it? A good example. Um, in, in creating, as far as the creative process goes, I've created, and I've been doing this for a long time, but now it makes even more sense. Um, when creating a dish, I use a theory I call PIE, P-I-E. Um, it stands for products, ideas, execution. And so the creative process starts with getting the ingredients, searching for the best ingredients, the ingredients with stories and deliciousness and Nutrition, and, and once they're in your hands, then you can be creative and start thinking of new ways to prepare them or get them on the plate. And the third piece, the E, the execution part, is probably the most important because I can create something completely wild and insane, but can it be produced for 250 people in, you know, in a service? Those are the questions we have to ask ourselves. And it's hard to edit that way because you know you're capable of producing this dish. And we refer to it as understanding um, your circle of competence. And it's understanding what you're capable of and what you're not capable of. And that's just for today. You know, like that's, that's just today. And if you want your circle, your bandwidth to get larger, then start working on that. But the most important thing is to understand what you're capable of doing while staying happy and healthy. You have to guard that with everything. Because it will, it will run away 
and, and be into chaos before you know what happens. So what do you do when somebody's been like, something's giving you a nine on the stress level, but it really should be like a two? You just be forks. Like, the forks. Forks are not a nine. <laughs> yeah, forks are not a nine. You know, like what do you do with those decisions? You're just like dial it back, or how do you how do you address it? Yeah. So that's the thing is they they are uh, they're sacrifices that have to be yeah. made sometimes, and you can't let pride or ego get in the way of that. And what I think got me in trouble for the longest time is I was trained and. Uh, um, brainwashed into pursuing perfection at all costs. Right. Right, because that's what you're taught in culinary school and in, like, working in fine dining and... But if you wake up and you see double, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, right. (laughs) You know, it's it's really, that's the balance, and that's that's really what I think about every, every single day. Because sometimes good enough is pretty awesome. Yeah, for sure. We talked a little bit as a prelude to your project. We talked a little bit uh, previously about um, now that you are getting your yourself taken care of, you're kind of expanding the circle a little bit. Can you tell audience kind of your new theory on growing the growing the reach? Yeah. So one of the reasons I wanted to to step away from all those restaurants is I really just wanted to to start the blank page um, and to you know to do that is, is just insane to, to walk away from from really fun successful restaurants but I knew it, the only way to um, do it based on this theory that I have um, was to start over just to completely start over and do things the opposite way and as chefs we, anyone in the hospitality industry, we always, always, always take care of other people before we take care of ourselves. And we're, that's what we're supposed to do. That's what we're told. Um, but you know the, the airplane um, theory of putting the mask on yourself first before helping others. I remember actually the first time I heard that, I was thinking, what a selfish thing. <laughs> These people are are dying. Why would I? (laughs) But you can't help anyone if you're not helping yourself. Um, That's very true. Yeah, you have to. That's very true. And so, if so, to create some sort of um, foundation for this idea of having a restaurant that looks at that theory and says, okay, well, let's take care of ourselves first. Let's focus on taking care of ourselves so that then when we're at our best and we're the happiest and healthiest, the guests that come in are going to be, they're going to have an amazing experience. We're going to be able to, to take so much better care uh, of them. And so what that requires is saying no to a lot of other people asking for help. Like, um, I mean, I, I would say, I would guess on average, a restaurant probably contributes to 20 or 30 different charities a year. Uh-huh. The emails come in, and they're all really important things. And it's really hard to say no. So hard. I mean, we get them all the time, too. I'm like, I can't say no to childhood cancer. I just can't. I know. It's true. Yeah. It's hard. So that, that, kind of, that guilt was really, really bothering me. 
because I knew that I needed to focus on my little tiny community within this restaurant first. Um, and so I devised this theory that I can then teach to um, the people on the team to literally draw it out um, so that you can see it and understand it a little bit better. And um, it's a theory based on um, uh, Alfred Adler, the psychologist who was back in the Carl Jung and Freud days. His whole thing was life is so simple. The only thing that you need to do to have true worth to feel true worth is to find a place where you feel like you belong to and then make a contribution to that place. That's it. That's all you need in life. That's all you need. That's the, that's the only worth um, that you need. And, and I honestly, truly, truly believe that. And so he talks about um, units of community. And he talks about um, the smallest unit being two people and the largest unit being the universe. And it goes back to that circle of confidence. I don't need to be way out here trying to help someone I've probably never met before when myself, when I'm suffering and, and becoming ill and, and not taking care of myself. And so in keeping with that theory, I drew um, a V and then connected the top and then realized it looked like a baseball diamond. <laughs> Do you like baseball? A lot. <laughs> so it was meant to be. Yeah. And so if you look at the outside, the outfield, even past the, the fence, that's the universe. That's the largest unit of community. Home plate, that's the smallest unit of community. And each person draws their own, draws their own community diamond by, by continuing those um, half circles, which then all of a sudden you see it it's bandwidth. Uh -huh. it's, a, it's a visualization. Of, you, I just drew bandwidth. So I'm, I'm, I'm writing this thing and all these things are coming to me. And it's like, wow, this is, this is really making sense. And so you just keep moving up. What's the next size up community? What's, you know, and for everyone, it's going to be completely different. And so for us as a restaurant, we're going to focus on um, ourselves and our neighborhood. And this is for the new project in East mm -hmm. Nashville that's opening hopefully April. Yeah. yeah. Is there a name for the project? Um, there. Are, oh dear, there's a lot of different businesses. In the <laughs> there's multiple names. Yeah. So there's a restaurant downstairs that'll be called Redbird. Um, it's a restaurant upstairs tasting menu only called Audrey. A bar, a research and development kitchen, a full mindfulness center for the staff. Um, yeah, it's gonna be fun. So tell us about this. So you have a full mindfulness center for the staff in this restaurant in, in East Nashville. So what does that, that look like? How is that, like, you know, when you went to your investors and you're like, I want to build a mindfulness center, were they like, are you nuts? Or they're like, yes, it's important. Like, how is that impacting the bottom line? And how do you think it's going to help you retain talent? Well, it's, it's, a, it's a pretty good-sized room, which yeah. when you're buying a restaurant or signing a lease, you pay per square foot. Right. So it's like a real impact. And so yeah. for every square foot that there isn't a seat, a chair, um, there's a value on that seat per year, what mm -hmm. that, the revenue that that seat brings in. So if, you're, if your wellness center is 40 seats, 30 seats, 
that's one of those decisions that you have to. That's that's a decision. This decision that has to be thought through, um, and those are sacrifices that have to be made. And it's really difficult because in order to have less stress, you just hire more people and there's less work for everyone. But then there's no money in the bank and right. the restaurant closes. And you're and still stressed. Like, and then yeah. you're really stressed. <laughs> um, it's a delicate balance. So I think this way, um, and just, just think back to how amazing you felt after that meditation. Imagine having a, a place within the restaurant that's designed for that. That's designed to make you feel that way. It's designed to regulate your nervous system. And there are all kinds of really neat tools to be able to do that. Uh, meditation being the cheapest one. Yep. <laughs> um, but there are different um, um, sounds that can, can regulate the nervous system. There are different hurts that can regulate the nervous system. Um, aromas. All these things. So I'm working with this local artist to create this almost kind of psychedelic room <laughs> um, with um, like shag carpet walls and like really soft flooring and these things that... Is the shag something that's going to help with the texture? Or is it just an aesthetic that... <laughs> how does that... I, I think rubbing your fingers through a shag carpet <laughs> pretty relaxing. Sounds pretty nice. <laughs> Bring you back to Rub your face on <laughs> Oh, no um, security cameras in that room. <laughs> um, Find your sous chef down there. It's like, I'm stressed. But there's so many neat little tricks that you can do. There's um, this, so a perfectly regulated, well, there's no such thing as a perfectly regulated, a properly regulated nervous system uh, is 65, 60 hertz, something like that. And so there are things that you can grab onto that are vibrating at 60 hertz, and your nervous system has no choice but to be regulated and to be grounded and to be centered. So it, it, it's a room where it's like when you, when you feel yourself getting, getting wound up, that's where, you can, that's where you can go. But another major component that we're doing is we're creating, uh, we've taken another chunk of the restaurant and we're creating um, like a learning center because so much of it is, is learning about the science behind all these things so that you it's just like cooking it's just like when i when i set out to cook a piece of meat i researched it as though a scientist would research it so that i could truly understand how to do it what not to do and to me that was paying the ultimate respect to the animal and the product and now it's like i'm the product yeah um and it's 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 how can i um how can i do that i know it's Fun. No, I mean, it's true. It's like you, again, you are the product, right? Because chefs have multifaceted parts of their business now, and you have to be well in order to take care of that business and, and take care of yourself and your employees. Um, yeah, how do you see the, um, how do you see the practical application of how people are going to use it in the restaurant? Is it, you know, busy Friday night, and, you know, somebody on the line just needs a break, do they Go there, or is that something that you're doing on a consistent basis? Yeah, whatever you, you want. Yeah, whatever you want. Yeah. It's there. It's 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 there for us. Uh, and there'll be. Uh, I'm working closely with uh, the Nashville Center for Alternative Therapy, um, and you'll be able to schedule acupuncture, Reiki, and body work, and those things. And instead of having to go to one place for Reiki and one place for 
for acupuncture in one place, for body work in one place, for cranial electrotherapy stimulation in one place, for neurofeedback, it's all in one space, which seems a little selfish for me because um, I do all those things. Outside as well? Will outside people be able to access it or is it only for your team? For now, um, we're going to focus on creating a model and learning as much as possible about this process internally so that, and it's just like that, it's just like the diamond, it's like the bandwidth. It's like if we start letting everybody use it or everybody be it, we're we're reaching out here in the outfield again. Um, So once we feel like we've um, tamed it and it's it's working properly, um, part of our nonprofit will be you'll have the ability to have us come and set it up for you at, at your business. And it doesn't have to be a restaurant, it can be any business. Cool. So there are plans to make this something that can be adopted by other restaurateurs or other businesses yeah. across the country? Cool. There is, I mean, I think there is a lot of talk, you know, about wellness and sobriety and the industry now, you know, like Feast, the food festival in Portland has a zero proof dinner now and all these things are in there doing before parties, which are, you know, like exercise events. So, you know, do you think the industry has really embraced wellness and are making strides or is there still a lot of work to be done? Oh, we've all just been waiting on it to be be like, okay. (laughs) We've all just been waiting for this moment. Yeah. Um, because we've been scared to admit weakness. We've been scared to ask for help. We've been scared to take care of any, anybody else other than, than, than the guests. Um, I think once you start to feel that, like internally, you feel that relief, then it's something that you can easily become uh, addicted to in a way, like I did. Yeah. I think it too, it's, it's, it starts almost the, the reverse of the baseball diamond. It starts at the top, and I think people like you that are out there saying that it's okay to to be passionate and to be dedicated, but to be uh, in a different mindset when you're doing it. And I think the encouragement starting at the top means a whole lot for for the younger cooks out there, next generation. This episode is brought to you by Bento Box, helping restaurants own their presence, profits, and relationships directly through their website. Daniel and Susan opened a rustic hotel and restaurant on a sandy beach in Tulum, Mexico. At the hotel's restaurant, they source local ingredients and fresh fish delivered by local fishermen. Zamas embodies the warm and adventurous spirit of Tulum, and since 1993, it has been an iconic destination for locals and tourists alike. Zamas is one of 5,000 restaurants that drives high margin revenue directly through their website. Thanks to Bento Box. Visit getbento.com slash opening soon today and get 50% off of your website setup fee. Join Heritage Radio Network on Monday, November 11th for a raucous feast to toast a decade of food radio. Our 10th anniversary Bacchanal is a rare gathering of your favorite chefs, mixologists, storytellers, thought leaders, and culinary masterminds. We'll salute the inductees of the newly minted HRN Hall of Fame, who embody our mission to further equity, sustainability, and deliciousness. Explore the beautiful Palm House and Yellow Magnolia Cafe, taste and imbibe to your heart's content, and bid on once-in-a-lifetime experiences and tasty gifts for any budget at our silent auction. Tickets available now at heritageradionetwork.org gala. 
How can, so maybe people who don't have access to like a meditation room in their restaurant, it's just never going to be something that they can do. What's like, what are some of the low hanging fruit that they can implement into their businesses to have a happier and healthier staff? Before all this, um, uh, this planning went on, what I would do is um, I really tried to focus on listening to my body um, and going to a quiet place. It even got to the point where where I would just like go underneath a a table. (laughs) In the middle of service, you'd be like, I'm going to duck out under table 29. Uh, don't see 29. <laughs> um, uh, but I, creating a routine that you can rely on each day that has one or two little things you're doing for yourself is amazing. Yeah, for sure. Um, and having some, uh, just going easy on yourself and starting slow. Um, I started with um, the app Calm. Uh, the daily calm was just—I mean, it was—it was incredible for me. Um, you can—I would do one in the morning, just whatever the app said, just like we did the guided meditation, uh, and then uh, one at night. And now, um, I could kind—I could probably meditate while I'm talking to you. Really? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right now? It's happening. It's happening right now. But that took yeah. like a few years. And here's here's my trick for all the cooks out there. So, uh, to, to like meditation is this idea of um, seeing all the chaos in front of you and separating yourself from it, recognizing it, re- and, and realizing that you actually do have control over it. Um, and so, some people would say, uh, picture the thing that pops into your head that's bothering you as a car going down the street and you're sitting on a bench watching it go by. You know, there it is. I, I see you. Um, or maybe it's a, a leaf floating down uh, uh, the river. So for me, <laughs> such a dork. Um, <laughs> I love it. When I'm meditating, so silly, I can't believe I'm talking about this. Um, I see a French top with lots of little copper sauce pots. And, and each pot is the thing that's bothering me, the thing that I'm concerned about, the thing that's driving me nuts. And then I can look at them and determine which ones are boiling over, which ones need to be <laughs> at, a, metaphor, at a simmer. Yeah. And then I can move them around the French top to get them all to kind of get back down to the perfect little temperature. I like all it. I like it. All while talking to me. I like that. It was impressive. You're like, simmer down, Jenny. <laughs> I need this at home. I, hey. <laughs> uh, should we do some... Yeah, so we always okay. like to do, in our show, we like to do a quick, like, speed round. It's meant to be, like, one to two word answers um, just off the top of your head. You want to kick us off, Al? Sure. Um, best part of starting a new venture? Having a blank page and doing things your way. You know, just saying, why not? Who says I can't do it that way? Right. Yeah. Have shag carpet in that meditation room. Who's going to tell you not to? I love <laughs> yes. it. Yes, hardest part. Hardest part is finding out how to pay for it all. <laughs> <laughs> we hear that a lot. It that's really fun. is. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the, the one of the one of the things that I truly don't have full control over. Yeah. Um, and life is about understanding what you control and what you can't control. 
on what your task is and what the other task is. And, and you know, you have to pay the bills, um, but you also want to create a restaurant that's safe and secure to work in. Yeah, I think so many businesses, I mean, there's like a lot of triple bottom line theory about people, planet, place, and all these things, or people, planet, and profit, where like you have to have everything working together in order to really make a successful and sustainable business now. So I think people are more used to having that in the bottom line, but it's still really hard when you go to an investor and you're like, we're going to have 40 less seats because I want a meditation studio, I can imagine. Yeah, but I think it's important. You'll have probably more longevity in your business because of it. High productivity. I'll stay alive. Happy. I'll stay alive. You'll feel better. <laughs> right. yeah. You're like, I will survive to see the next 40 <laughs> years. See straight. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we always like to ask about a favorite business book or business tool. A book that uh, I'm on my second round with, uh, second time reading, I actually have with me on this trip is The Art of Thinking Clearly. And it's. Um, these tiny little chapters that are one or two pages, and it teaches you how to make rational decisions. And it gives an example each time. It's like, okay, the, you're at the uh, convenience store and there's this lottery ticket that's 10 bucks, but there's uh, a 90% chance you could win. But there's this lottery ticket that's $40 million and there's a 0.0% <laughs> that you'll win. You know. But everybody goes for the four to million. Yeah. yeah. And so it teaches you things like that. Um, and it's really helped me. I mean, every decision we've been making, there's, we, we all sit around the table like, oh, that's that that's, that's chapter blank. Mm-hmm. That's that um, thing that we all tell ourselves or we, or we get tricked into thinking. Um, it's just to, to, to clear the cobwebs and to, to think clearly. The art of thinking clearly. Cool. What about a resource that everyone should know about? Maybe not a book, but you know, a business or cooking resource that is something you go to over and over again. For? Just in general, for like life or. Ooh. Um, there's this book that comes out tomorrow uh-huh. called South. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect resource. There will be copies of it upstairs, some of them signed by Sean himself. <laughs> and this is your first time. This, this must be. <laughs> Um, how about a wellness resource or practice that everybody should know about? Start with meditation. Just start with meditation. Just trust me. You'll start to feel it more quickly. You'll see the results and, and become hooked on that feeling. And, and I used the Calm app when I first started. I used it for probably a year and a half. And now do you do self-guided or you yeah, now I just create my own little psychedelic worlds. Okay. <laughs> um, mentor, inspirational leader in the industry. Easy, Jose Andres. Okay. All right. Um, one more. What advice do you have for young cooks who are maybe struggling with finding balance or finding sobriety? Ask the closest. Ask the person closest to you for help. If they don't know have them ask the next closest person. It's, if, if you're in that place, you probably don't have the tools to get out of it. And so you need to find someone that does have those tools. Yeah, asking for help is hard to do. Asking for help and money, nobody wants to do it. It's hard. Yeah. It's hard, it's hard. Um, I think, do we have time for maybe one or two audience questions? Anybody? 
I'm going to repeat the question just so that we can make sure when we rebroadcast this. So basically the question is, have you spoken, has Sean spoken to other chefs about instituting a wellness practice within their restaurants? And are they like, you're nuts? Or are they like, yes, I should definitely do that. How is it received by your peers? Actually, I haven't, probably because I don't want to hear it. <laughs> you're it doesn't like, matter ask, what they're going to say. Yeah. You're like, I don't care I'm what you have to do it to anyway. And I, and I don't know. It's just... Um, Sometimes well, actions. Anyway, is to start with yourself and right. go from there, and that's all you can yeah, handle, right? So, and that's exactly what it is. I, right. I haven't even. I'm just so focused uh, on the smallest unit right now. Yeah, right. I think actions speak louder than words, oftentimes too. So I think when people see like good results or people doing actionable items to improve wellness, then they tend to adopt them because they're like, it's working. Instead of complain, just execute. I like it. Instead of complain, just execute. Is that going tiled somewhere on the kitchen? <laughs> New catchphrase. I like it. Cool. Do you want these uh, announcements? Yeah. So we always um, we always start to wrap up with opening soon announcements. Anybody you want to shout out for opening soon besides a book called South, which is officially launching tomorrow? It's Sean's second book, right? Do I do want to do what? I said, do you want to call out any other restaurants oh. or friends or chefs who are opening soon? Oh, wow. I am so into my own world. I have, I have no idea where to go eat in any cities anymore, any books that are coming out or anything. Like this last year, I've just completely been resting. It's been Good amazing. for you. <laughs> Rested with a seven-month-old baby. God bless yeah, you. I know. That's impressive. Anybody in the audience have anything that's opening soon or friends that are opening soon? No? Right. No. Um, Guys, we're get on the list. Well, we're Tillet Supply launched today, so fresh workwear that's you know very performance based. We'll all go check it out soon. Um, and then in the Lower East Side, Canary Club just opened, which is our neighbor, um, and it's New Orleans inspired and has lots of really cool different spaces. I actually do have one that just opened. Yeah. Tell us. Just opened, um, just opened something. Uh, the Awkward Skull. It's on Broadway and Ruby, um, and it's all sort of really beautiful. Pastries and hospitality is very wellness focused. Lots of like ashwagandha and all sorts of like adaptogens and really beautiful things to kind of support one's wellness. Made by two incredible pastry chefs who are like insanely talented. What's and, and it's also like a career business, which is great. The awkward scone. Yeah, the awkward scone. Broadway in Bushwick. Cool. The awkward scone. Adaptogens. You heard it here first. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, special thanks again to Sean. For Thank you, Sean. Really appreciate having you um, chat with us. We'll put a wrap up of our show um, on our website. We always do like a little bullet point list on Tillet NYC. We'll also send it out. So if you're not on our email list, make sure that you get on that. Um, how do we find the new project and yourself on social? Oh, so I'm supposed to be plugging my new newsletter. Plug oh, Sean's got a newsletter. I like it. Um, I've never had it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Chef and the newsletter will keep everybody up to date on um, some new retail products that I'm working on. Um, uh, it's not even restaurant chef uniform. No. <laughs> 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 <Podcast is over. laughs> no, more like cornbread. Cool. <laughs> and your Instagram is H Sean Brock. Is there a handle yet for the new restaurant? Yes, but yes. I can't remember. Uh, <laughs> is it, is it? Sure, you go to Sean's page. Yeah, it's you'll find it. it. <laughs> um, next week, we're talking with Mason Herford from Turkey and the Wolf and uh, Molly's down in the Orleans, so make sure you tune in for that. Uh, you can find us at We Are Opening Soon and at Till at NYC.
you can also catch us on iTunes, podcast apps, uh, Stitcher, whatever. Thanks. Thank you. Opening soon is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter, enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org, and connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You could also find us at facebook.com slash heritage radio network. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click on the heart at the top right of our homepage. And thanks for listening.